this is just like the first step into starting something Mm -hmm. you know like of course we're not the trailblazers yet but we are on the path yeah we are on fire this is the hello 20s podcast my name is yan and i'm your host i'm an online content creator trying to navigate life while in my 20s and sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way, and I'm so glad you guys are tuning in on today's podcast. Welcome back to a new episode, everyone. First off, I know it's been a while since the last time I uploaded a new episode. I think it's been a little over a week. The end of April was quite stressful. (laughs) All my classes had final projects and just, you know, final things at the end of April or in the beginning of May. And you guys, I don't think I've ever been that stressed out in my college career. What's crazy is that most of the classes that I'm taking or have taken this semester are 100 level courses. Since I only needed three credits to graduate, I decided to take some random classes that I was interested in. And these projects weren't even hard at all compared to my 300 and 400 level courses that I've taken, but they were just so tedious and it took me so long to just finish one project. But at last, once I turned in the last project, which was this animation that I had to create, it felt so, so good. So now I just have two more papers to write and I'm done. I'm finally done after those two papers, which should be easy. In today's episode, we have a guest with us again. So May is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Before we dive into the interview, I want to talk a little bit about my experience growing up as an Asian American. So a little background, I was actually born in China and my dad came here to the United States first. It's funny because I have a pretty good memory and I remember vividly dropping my dad off at the airport in China when I was three years old. It was me, my mom, my dad, one of his brothers, and his cousin, or one of his cousin. And I didn't know we were sending my dad away at that time. But a year later, my mom and I came to the States to join him. And I remember the plane ride from China to California, and then from California to D.C., While I was going up the escalator, my dad and my great uncle was at the top and I ran to my dad when I saw him. Isn't it funny how we can remember these things at such a young age? Anyways, um, so I've been in D.C. or in the D.C. area all my life from that point on and I think I'm really lucky to live in an area that is so diverse and I've never really been made fun of because of who I am racially. I mean, kids, kids tease, but nothing that I couldn't handle and they weren't usually stated in a malicious way, I guess, or I was too young to realize, but Most of the time, they were nothing really serious or malicious. Throughout the years, I've seen and I've consciously began to notice a bigger presence of Asian Americans here, not just in, you know, the area that I'm from, but just in general and in the media, there's a bigger community and there's 
a bigger presence, like I said. And it feels really good to have a bigger representation. And I think people are becoming more aware of each Asian culture and appreciating every aspect of it from the culture to the language to the food. <laughs> the food has become very big and very popular nowadays. And I really like how people are aware of different types of Asians and not just assuming and grouping everyone as Chinese, even though I am Chinese myself. Growing up in the media, there was barely any diversity. And, you know, I remember sometimes wishing I looked like or had certain features that a white person would have because beauty is usually defined by white standards. If you study media, you know this all too well and you can't deny it. When there's no diversity in the media, it can be very harmful among young impressionable children because what they see is what they think society defines as beautiful and what's good and what's right. And that's why I'm glad there's more diversity in our media now, even though it's not as much as we should have by this time, I think we're becoming more consciously aware of the need for more representation, not only within the Asian community, but among other race as well. Because truth be told, the media is a misrepresentation of our societal population. And there are a lot of impressionable people out there that need to see that there are people out there just like them. They shouldn't be ashamed of who they are, their culture, and their background. Anyways, growing up, sometimes I would be embarrassed of my culture because being a minority, you're different, obviously, from the majority. And, you know, people don't celebrate the things you celebrate. People don't understand the way you think. And I think mannerism ties in a lot with the culture you're from. So you have a smaller community to rely on. But the older I get, the more I change from being embarrassed to embracing my culture and my identity, especially in college when I met two of my best friends who are also Chinese. And there's just a level of understanding when you meet someone that's like you on that level, I guess. It's almost like military families can understand other military families better and their lifestyle compared to a civilian family trying to understand a military family, you know? Looking back now at this age, being a little mature and wiser, <laughs> no, I really admire my parents and their journey with coming here and having no experience with English and any of that. Um... Just their resilience, making a living, providing, and creating a family in a foreign country with limited educational background. Not only them, but there are millions of immigrants that have done what they have done or even right now or in the process of doing that. Because if you think about it, we all come from a line of immigrants, whether it was just a few years back or hundreds of years back. Anyways, that was a tidbit of just me and my experience as a Asian American, my background, and there's so much more that I can say, but we're going to the interview now where our guest and I will talk about his experience as an Asian American and being in the creative field. Hi, David. Hello. It's so nice to finally have you here. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we talked about you coming onto this podcast since last semester, and now we finally get to sit down and have our conversation, and people can eavesdrop into our conversation. Yeah, people love being nosy, right? <laughs> No. Okay, so do you want to do a little introduction of just who you are? Yeah, so I'm David. I'm a communication major with a concentration in public relations. I actually started off as like a marketing major and I found my way here. And it kind of like found me in a way to settle my things in life. And so now here I am kind of like running a dance team kind of just exploring different things and I'm about to graduate next semester. Okay, so for those who don't know, David and I met two years ago, um, but we didn't get close until last semester. And I remember I saw you walk into class. It was the Monday only class for three hours. (laughs) and We made eye contact and I was like, sit next to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And ever since then, we've been like pretty close. Mm -hmm. And um, the rest was history. Yeah, now we're like best buddies. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because David was actually the first or one of the first people that I told him told about this podcast. And you actually helped me come up with like the name Hello 20s. Mm, do you remember when yeah. we brainstormed? Yeah. Do that was you, fun. That was actually really fun. Yeah. And do you remember the original name of this podcast? It was like... It was really long, right? Yeah. I've got the exact word. What was it? I have it. I forgot about it too, but I like looked it up or I looked at my old notes and it's just figuring it out. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. And, like... then, and then you did like the acronym for it. <laughs> and then you're like, that makes no sense. It's so long. Okay. So we're going to play a little game of rapid fire. Are you ready? Yeah. How would you describe yourself? Um, in how many words? Three. Okay charismatic energetic and determined who is someone you admire um i'm going three again i admire um i would say someone like bianca del rio for those who know who that is she's a stand-up comedian drag queen who's a very hard worker um i also admire uh the guy who's the ceo of t-mobile why because I don't know, like he, the way he markets everything just seems so much more um, adaptable to our modern age and also very relatable to the current, um, I don't know how to say it, like the current market of um, smartphone users. Mm. And the last one? Um, myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow, such a David answer. <laughs> okay, so a show you're obsessed with at the moment. Um, I'm obsessed with shows like The Originals and Legacies because I really like magical things because I'm a little weird person. (laughs) Yeah, I like to pretend I'm a vampire sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and um, what is one thing you're really proud of? Uh, I'm really proud of my dance team. I think that's something I will leave behind as a legacy for me Mm -hmm. because we literally started out from dust. Like no one knew who we were. Um, Yeah. And I just kind of like built the ground up from it. And now we went from having one booking performance a semester to having like 10 a semester. Yeah. And we're going to go into detail about how you like started that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the last question is, 
Finish this sentence. Being Asian American to me means that I have the opportunity to pave the way for others. Love that because I was going to mention something about mm. that too. All right. So the last question leads us into the topic of uh, today's episode, which is growing up in America as an Asian American in honor of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. So let's start with your childhood. Um, what was it like growing up, you know, being Asian American? For me, I believe my childhood was like very similar to many other Asian American kids growing up. Uh, my parents were strict, but they weren't too strict or um, irrationally strict. And as I grew up slowly, they became a lot more westernized. Mm -hmm. uh, how do I put this? My parents became a lot more chill. Like the moment I hit college, they let me do whatever. But mm -hmm. I wasn't like some crazy rowdy party boy. I was just like, oh, now I can play computer games like an extra two hours without <laughs> them yelling at me, you know? Yeah. That that was basically my childhood. I was very respectful to my parents. And I also was very, um, what is it when you listen to your parents? Obedient. Obedient. Yeah, I was a very obedient kid. I didn't really have a problem with any of the rules or anything. I just mind my own business, eat food, and play computer games. Like, that was it. Yeah. So, where we're from, I think racially, um, it's been super diverse recently. It's been, um, what's it called, like, increased by folds mm -hmm. in our area. And a lot of, like, Asian uh, restaurants have popped up. And it's more, like, pop. Does that make sense? Not yeah. pop, but, like... It's more common now. Common, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's becoming more popular, especially with like Instagram and social media. Mm -hmm. And so food is a very big thing in Asian culture. And I think, well, let me ask you, like, what was it like growing up being Asian American in school? Because, you know, in the area back then when we were little kids, it wasn't as diverse as what it mm -hmm. is now. Uh, growing up Asian American in school... Like, when it came to food, I wasn't really picky, but I do understand, like, I remember back in high school when Fresh Off the Boat came out on television, and I remember one of the kids having an issue with their Chinese food at school and, like, someone calling it worms and stuff. I personally never had that problem because I think I came into the generation where diversity was very common, mm -hmm. and especially at my school, mm -hmm. we were very diverse. And so no one was very um ignorant yeah. to other cultures but i do understand like there are people who have faced that kind of adversity yeah i think um we're very fortunate to live in such a like diverse hub compared mm -hmm. to like i agree i don't know somewhere in the midwest I yeah guess. even though i don't want to like stereotype and like generalize but it yeah. is kind of true yeah. um that's why i really like this area but i think growing up even though it was diverse it's not as diverse as it is as no. it is yeah. now and so i think when you're in a room with people and there's a lot of people who don't look like you or don't have the same cultural background as you you either one forget about your own identity or you um you you you're like super conscious of it and you want to like conform. i don't know conform yeah. yeah and so have you ever felt like that i feel like I should have felt like that more mm -hmm. being someone who was like even though my my high school that I grew up in um we were pretty diverse I still felt like the Asian Americans were still the minority mm -hmm. but at the same time I think from my perspective my personality has always just been very 
stay out of the box be rebellious kind of like do very yeah do things always. that the other people are not doing <laughs> yeah so i didn't care much that i was different i kind of um appreciated that i was different yeah um and i never had an issue with like bullying or anything either like mm-hmm. it was like no one ever said any racist comments no one ever mentioned anything rude to me i just knew that i had a special culture and other people had special cultures and we just kind of came together and just be ourselves yeah in addition to having that american aspect to our personalities yeah i think for me growing up i've always knew like i was asian but sometimes mm-hmm. i would forget because i'm surrounded by people who don't have the same culture as me mm-hmm. so then you know everything is based on of what the majority culture is and yeah. then we celebrate what the majority celebrates you know and so like you know chinese new year isn't as big here as in china so we don't really celebrate it you know the same yeah. way Um, But I think going into high school and college, I became more aware of my identity and like started to appreciate it even more, especially now in college where there's a lot of orgs like that Mm -hmm. that center around Asian American culture. Yeah, but I also think having a dual identity Mm -hmm. is actually pretty fun because Mm -hmm. when you want to enter an American cultural identity, area in your life with like your americanized friends you can shift into that mindset but then if you want to shift into your cultural side you have the opportunity and option to do that too so like i feel like we kind of have like a mini superpower that we can switch back and forth whenever we want or like whenever we need to yeah Yeah. it's also like when you know a second language natively Mm -hmm. it's fun it is really fun and you can connect with a lot more people Mm -hmm. so that's what college has kind of taught me to like appreciate the differences that i have So speaking of college, um, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes of Asians going into the engineering and medical field in college and the parents kind of pushing them into that field. Yes, those are stereotypes and but yes, there is a lot of like our type of people in that Mm -hmm. field. Um, But there's not a lot of focus on people like us who pursue the creative field. And so do you want to talk a little bit about, I know you dipped into it a little bit in your introduction, but do you want to talk a little bit yeah, more? Yeah, of course. Uh, I started off actually not wanting to go to college. Okay, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, I didn't want to go to college. <laughs> Why? Because I finished high school like off on a good note. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I did pretty well. And of course, there's always people telling you, you don't need to go to college. You can find your own way. And of course, that that's what happened to one of my best friends. Like she went past college. She didn't do it. She jumped straight into working Mm -hmm. and became a manager for Aerie and now soon Ulta. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't, like I completely understand and agree. Like people don't need college, Mm -hmm. but college is a stepping stone now that I'm like a couple years in. Yeah. Um, I actually applied for community college and my parents also told me to apply for Mason. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was like, let let me just go to community college because it saves more money. Yeah. And like, I'm not even sure what I want to do right now. Mm-hmm. But growing up as an immigrant and your parents moving into a brand new country to give you an education and this opportunity. Yeah. I did want to actually like maybe give them a chance at what they, they couldn't have exactly i feel the same way like, yeah my parents are the same thing mm-hmm. yeah and so i was my dad was like just apply for mason and see if you can get it and i applied and of course i got in and i told my dad yeah like i 
want to go to Mason, but I think it would just save us more money because I don't even know what I want to do. Yeah. And he told me, just go for it. Like, I don't even care what you study as long as you get that college degree. Mm -hmm. And so at first, I didn't understand why he would tell me that because, of course, my cousins, my family's members, they they went off to be like doctors, scientists, you know, either that. And so... I was really surprised that my dad told me to do whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. But of course, I jumped in trying to fit into a mold that I thought they would place on me like subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And so I jumped into marketing. I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a lawyer or anything. I wanted to just do something that had to do with talking to people or like selling a product. And so I um, jumped into marketing and I did not like it. I didn't like doing the extra. Like even though it was small, I didn't like the math. I didn't like all the tedious work we had to do. Mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't learning anything. I felt like I was just doing tedious work. Yeah. And that's just my perspective on it. After a couple years, like going into my junior year, I met two people. I met my friend Tiffany and I met Chelsea Mesa. Mm-hmm. And she kind of gave me this introduction as to what public relations is. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what public relations was in my life. Like I never, I've heard of the word, but I never knew what it was. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was basically professional relationship handling like that's what I thought it was (laughs) and so I jumped into being a PR major right off the bat my junior year and from that point everything in my life started falling into place I realized this was the platform I could use to enhance my strengths Mm -hmm. like to know or actually to be successful at something you have to know what your weaknesses are Mm -hmm. and what your strengths are And I found that being a PR major really helped emphasize my strengths. Yeah. And from that point on, like everything just fell into place. And now here I am. So what would you say your strengths are? I would say my strengths are public speaking. I really enjoy speaking in front of crowds. You're really good. Like that final project. (laughs) Oh my God. I remember that. that. What's your product's name again? It was, it was, like, dropped or... It was blue. <laughs> yeah, it was blue. That was really good. Like, you were really Thank good Thank you. Yeah, there. no, we went up there. We, none of us rehearsed. Yeah. I was just like, I think as long as I understand the material, I can go with it. Yeah. And the professor was very impressed. Like, he looked in awe of Everything us. was so professional. If you guys could, like, see what I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. they created this fake app and this fake product, mm-hmm. and then they created, like, an animation or, like, a logo. Yeah. And the logo was so cool. It's, like, literally... It's like a water droplet. Yeah, Yeah. you would think it's an actual product if you didn't, like, if people didn't know that was for a class project. Yeah, I've always been a little bit, um, people say extra, Mm -hmm. but I like to think about, like, going above and beyond. Like, I never settle for the standard. I always want to do more than people's expectations because I feel like, what's the point of living life if you're just going to, like, do the bare minimum? That's no fun. Mm -hmm. Like, reach beyond you know yeah no definitely um if anybody gets to know you they can off the bat tell that that's like your personality (laughs) so in college you have been pretty involved in a lot of organizations Mm -hmm. um to name some like ksa right yeah tell me to elaborate on that yeah do you want to (laughs) yeah when i was a freshman um, all the organizations have this thing called interns where they get like new members to come in and kind of like shadow the current officer board and see how they do and see if they want to join the officer board the following year. My freshman year, I jumped straight into being an intern for the Korean American Student Association at George Mason. And I didn't know like there were so many other organizations. I just went to 
my language class, which I took Korean at the time. And someone at the class told me to come join their org. So I was like, sure, why not? And I think that kind of pushed me slowly into wanting to lead an organization. By the time it was my junior year, I had become the first performing arts chair for KSA. Mm -hmm. And I had created the dance team primary in order to show off dance culture. Mm -hmm. Because that was something I think I really had a forte in, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just want to elaborate a little bit on what primary was. I have always had this mindset of being different. Like I've always wanted something about me or what I represent to stand out amongst everyone else that we're competing against. Basically, everyone's trying to stand out from each other. Mm -hmm. And so what I brought to the table was every org has membership. Every org has a family system, but no organization has their own dance team. So I was like, oh, maybe this will help kick up our membership retention. So I created primary, which represents for like the three primary colors. Mm -hmm. And going into that, it's like blue was K-pop, red was American pop, and yellow was traditional Korean music. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to combine all three because back then we had all three. We had like traditional fan dance, sleeve dance, all that stuff. And so I really wanted to kind of push culture to the forefront at the same time also promote modern culture. Yeah. And so that's just an example of the things I kind of do on the side. I kind of take small little things that people don't really think about and kind of elaborate on it and kind of amplify it. Mm -hmm. So how do you think, you know, you being involved in, because you're Vietnamese, right? Mm -hmm. Vietnamese Chinese. Yeah, same as me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, there's the VSA, the Vietnamese Student Association, and then you started the Chinese one, Mm -hmm. didn't you? Chinese Student Union, yeah. Yeah, and then there's a Filipino Student Association, and Mm -hmm. there's the Korean and Japanese one. Yeah. So you're pretty involved in almost every single one of them. Yeah. So how do you think, you know, those orgs can bring a light into Asian American cultures to such a diverse campus? I think, first of all, what makes it a little bit easier to be active in all of these organizations is the fact that we share so many similarities Mm -hmm. like we share our new year's aspects we share our like cultural aspects Mm -hmm. and i think that really kind of ties us together and makes it a lot easier for us to bond with each other yeah like culturally and i think that's why it's so much easier for the organizations to collaborate yeah um going off of that i think last year kind of kicked it off but this year really brought attention to the like asian american culture Mm -hmm. because first of all like 2018 was a very big year for asian american representation in social media and media and entertainment Mm -hmm. and apac which is like the umbrella organization for everything do you want to say what apac is apac is the asian pacific american coalition good job of george mason yeah (laughs) um they kind of bring us all together Mm -hmm. through like one general body meeting a semester this is just like the first step into starting something Mm -hmm. you know like of course we're not the trailblazers yet but we are on the path yeah we are on fire (laughs) basically going forward and i think i think it's a really good chance for other people to start seeing it like for example mason night market this year was our second annual one and it was huge we moved it to a bigger area mm-hmm. there were over 20 booths there was a stage there was tents for people to chill under their tables there was free stuff everywhere there was so much going on and it really showed off 
Asian culture and also the small aspects of Asian culture. Yeah. And just seeing everyone come together for such like a fun event, like just for three hours. Yeah. It was really amazing mm -hmm. for me to witness that because coming into Mason back in 2014, we didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. Like Asian American representation was very minimal. Very limited. Yes, extremely. And then seeing where it has come now is like a breath of fresh air. Like I see something happening and something coming from this. Yeah. And it's really exciting. You started a dance group that you mentioned earlier as well called Vanity Black. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about how it all started and the success you guys have had in the last year. But for those who don't know, um, do you want to tell them a little bit? everything yeah. from start to yeah. beginning i can, beginning I can to go start into it <laughs> it's uh i think it's one of my more fun aspirations and projects that i've done in my life i actually came from a previous group uh named scarlet which i me and like a couple other friends started because we just wanted to dance for fun and we only had like one dance available and then i kind of took a break for a year off of it to focus on being performing arts chair mm -hmm. for ksa and during that time, I used this experience being the leader of like primary and performing arts to kind of test the waters of what it's like to run a dance team, performance team. Yeah. Coming into fall 2017, like I had planned things for like two years in advance. I'm a very... Very, I'm, very, I'm very planned. advanced yes. planner. Yeah, I plan like months ahead oh on things. Oh my God. If, if you guys only knew how advanced planning he is... Yeah, I like go into detail like months and months ahead, planning like like the plot and everything to concepts that we do. Yeah. But it originally started as just vanity, like that was the name of it, and our emoji was a little like diamond emoji, and that was it. But I felt like it was incomplete. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that kind of rolled off the tongue in a four count. Yeah. Vanity black, a yeah. four count, you know. And the name actually comes from two different concepts vanity which is first the concept of being um cautious or being attentive to how others view you and that's why our performances are very focused on how the audience reacts it's not just put together a dance and throw it on stage i throw in little like gags like funny little meme dances or like little funny moments cool moments explosive moments just to grab the audience attention because i think the audience is retention rate to your performance is very important yeah and then black coming from the color because i think black suits and pairs up with any color you put it with and i think that's our goal is to show that we can attach to a concept and kind of deliver a performance that's out of our comfort zones and show you our like versatility mm -hmm. and so i started off with a couple of friends that no one knew like they were either freshmen, international students, or exchange students, How'd or like you, transfers. Like, where did you meet them? I literally went out and like. David stalked them. I did not <laughs> stalk them. I went to events and I would I would pray. go to dance workshops. <laughs> pray. I would cast a spell secretly, but um, I would go to dance workshops and kind of look for people. Oh yeah. Kind of like, like I scouting. Like kind of Scout, scouting. scouting. I was scouting. <laughs> and I brought together like eight other girls who other people have not met right in like the Asian American community mm -hmm. and I was like I'm gonna start fresh that first performance we had at VSA semi-formal kind of launched us 
into the direction we wanted because truth be told i believe a lot of people underestimated us yeah because they, they always do they with, always with underestimate the new, with yeah like new groups and uh-huh. everything they always underestimated like what i could bring to the table yeah. because i haven't been in this dance scene in like a year you know what i mean i did i stopped doing all that stuff and so me coming in with like full concepts of performance outfits promo shoots everything release that i believe took things like by storm mm-hmm. following on every single um season that we did from then on there was effort put into it and it was obvious our first competition we won last year we won 500 dollars where was and it? It was for KSA's Culture Fest, like the first one ever. Okay. And it was our first ever competition. We were just like, let's just do it for fun. You know, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. It's whatever. Yeah. But I think winning that kind of solidified our place mm-hmm. in like the Asian American entertainment scene. Yeah. And then winning the second competition where we won like $330. Wasn't that in North Carolina? N- not yet. That okay. was almost, we have, yeah. We started you diving into so many things. You guys didn't things. hear that. <laughs> Um, yeah, we dove into so many, like, things that were out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And I think that's just always been who I am, is just take risk. Yeah. And you never know what's going to happen, because I'd rather, you know, one day look back and be like, ooh, I did that. I might regret it, but at least I did it. Rather than <laughs> be like, oh my goodness, what would have been if I had just done that? Yeah. Yeah. I think not knowing kills me more. Not know. Yeah. Winning competitions, having recognition, getting bookings, first of all, made me proud as like the manager of everything, starting from scratch and building our way up. Going off of what Vanity Black really wants to showcase is that I want to show that Asian Americans belong in entertainment. Mm -hmm. Like not every person in Vanity is Asian American, Mm -hmm. but a majority of us are. And I want to show that one, we are here to represent people who don't necessarily fall into like science or um, all these different majors and topics that are forced upon Asian Americans. You know, like we want to do something fun with ourselves. Yeah. And I think so far it's going good, you know? Yeah. So I have a question for you. So you built up Vanity uh, Black. I was about to say Vanity Fan. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> You built up Vanity Black from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. You planned the theme, the choreography, um, you know, promos and managing bookings and mm-hmm. dance practice and being in the dance as well. How do you manage that all while being a student? I didn't realize I did all that until you <laughs> named all that. Um, I feel like, like I said in the beginning, the words that described me. Mm-hmm. I think determination really is something that drives me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where do you I, get that determination? It's from people not believing in me. Mm. Yeah, when you tell me you don't think I can do it, I will go out of my way to prove to you that I can do it. So you want to prove people wrong. Yes, I've always had this knack of proving people wrong. And that's why I never like to conform. Mm. I think that's where it comes off of. Mm-hmm. And so I've always just wanted to do what I believe I can do best Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that I could handle like manage bookings manage emails manage connections with student organizations so they would have us back performances like finding choreographies that we can cover or adjusting choreography I would drive people from like metro to practice or pick up people from DC and practice literally a manager yeah I literally (laughs) drove around everywhere doing things I would pick up things from stores I would 
also like for example our most recent season season six the coven of roses i had planned this back like december 8th mm-hmm. and we didn't film shoot or anything until march yeah. Because we were like two seasons ahead. Yeah. I mean, that's what people do in the entertainment mm-hmm. business anyways. A lot of the work that you see that are released now were planned a year mm-hmm. in advance. Exactly. And I feel like I'm kind of slowly stepping into that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fun fact. David was my manager too. <laughs> JK. <laughs> you were like my quote unquote yeah, manager I was like for your, the podcast. Yeah, your brother manager. Like just there. You don't have to pay me. I'm just going to tell you what to do or like give you advice. <laughs> So how do you make connections and like, you know, mm. um, connecting with people to get your name out there? Yeah, that's a better way. Of saying yeah, it. Um, I believe that first of all, what, how you approach people, how you talk to people, how you treat people is very important. Mm-hmm. And like, I really focus on how I treat other people. Mm-hmm. Like I may be like crazy or wild or high <laughs> energy, but at the end of the day, I keep it very respectful like I don't disrespect people I do my best to understand their side and also my side yeah and I think that really helps building relationships with people you want to talk a little bit about what charm is then oh yeah so I have this thing where I really feel like women are underrepresented in our Mm. society too and so charm is one of the things I do like annually last year we had another little subunit this year we had charm and i wanted to push forward like the girls of vanity black that really um basically fan favorites of people you know Mm -hmm. and i wanted to give them their own platform to showcase their abilities their skills and such and i didn't realize that this year they would become so popular Mm -hmm. because our retention rate on facebook like the stats and everything like it shot up like, people talked about it. They were excited. Um, and I was really happy knowing that my girls were getting the recognition that they deserve. Because when you shove a bunch of powerhouses into one dance team, and there's, like, 12 of us. You know what I mean? 12, 13 of us. For vanity. Yeah. And when you have, like, all of these, like, so much star power into one group, mm-hmm. people tend to get overshadowed. Yeah. And so to kind of break things into subunits, kind of give, like, the public a chance to meet these people individually quote unquote yeah to like see them without being covered by someone else Mm -hmm. without being compared to someone else because i believe the members of my team are like extremely talented even if people don't see it like they're they put in so much work they do so well and it's not easy standing in front of a bunch of people and performing it's not easy like being thrown into the fire or like performing in front of thousands of people you know what i mean or Mm -hmm. like back to back like perform at this event then at this event and then another event Mm -hmm. and for them to kind of persevere and make it to the very end like impresses me and going back to charm um originally the name was called roxy Mm -hmm. and it came from this like distant memory of mine when i was in third grade this girl drew this like cute looking heart right (laughs) and she was like oh, this is called a Roxy heart. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And so I, that name just caught on to me, right? But then when we were doing formations mm-hmm. for the dances, um, I sent a picture of the five K-pop girls that they were trying to replicate. Mm-hmm. So there are five members in Charm, five members in the K-pop group that we were trying to replicate. Mm-hmm. And we wrote the letters of their first name for their initial, like to see who goes where. And the 
letters for the word charm came up, and my first thought was March. Okay? <laughs> and Christine, one of our newer members, she was like, "No, why don't we just call it Charm?" And I'm like, "Oh, you're right." <laughs> yeah, my my brain is like burnt, but yeah, like that's how Charm came to be. It became an acronym for like each member. I love that. So we're gonna move things along. Um, I remember one night. Uh, it was after class, after our Monday <laughs> three-hour class. Didn't it run to like? It would run to like nine thirty. What? Yeah, what? it starts at seven. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah. So we were just in my car after class, and we were talking about like you know pursuing a creative career. And I remember I said something along the lines of like I know what I want to do,、mm-hmm. but I just don't know how to get there because there's no one that I know of that has gotten there yet that is like me. Yes,、do、I you remember, remember this conversation. Yeah, and you said something. I told you that you aren't able to figure out how to get there because you're meant to pave the way for others to do it. Yeah, and I was like, Wow, that's I, so deep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I sat in the car. I was like,、mm. Wow. <laughs> so, how do you think people can pave their own way if they can't find a role model to,、mm. to replicate? I guess is yeah.、Um, I think it's all really trial and error, and also once again taking risk.、Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what can come out of the things that you want to pursue、mm-hmm. unless you take a risk. Yeah. Like you just have to dive in and kind of be like, well, if I want someone one day to pursue a career like this, like. Running a podcast, or being an influencer, or being a performer or management、um, person,、um, I have to be the person to do it. You know, like be the trial and error, kind of、yeah. like pave the way for these people. Yeah. Like not in a, oh, I'm on my high horse kind of sense,、yeah. but kind of like be the the test subject. You、mm-hmm. know, like the experiment for how things should run, and kind of pave the way. Yeah. And the reason why I say like I don't see a lot of people that are like me,、um, that are doing what I want to or hope to do, is because, you know, like going back, there's not a lot of Asian American representation in our media and in the entertainment business.、Mm-hmm. So recently, you mentioned again, you mentioned, twenty <laughs> eighteen has been a really big year for Asian Americans and. In the film industry and in a lot of the entertainment industry, and so how do you feel about that? And where do you think it's gonna go from there? I think, I personally, I feel very proud and、mm-hmm. excited for what's to come. Do you think it's like long overdue? I agree, it is long overdue. But like I said, everything happens for a reason.、Mm-hmm. I feel like if this had happened, let's say ten to twenty years ago,、mm-hmm. I don't think the impact of it would be as lasting as it is today because we have social media to spread the word. I was thinking the same. Yeah, like we、thing. have platforms to spread awareness. We have opportunities, events, organizations to kind of speak up on this, kind of capitalize、mm-hmm. on this situation, and. Yeah, I agree. Like it is long overdue, but it doesn't mean like it's it should have happened back then.、Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it could have possibly happened back then as well it would now. So to wrap things up, I want to ask you because 
you know, this is a Hell of 20s podcast, mm-hmm. and we're figuring out what we want to do in our life and our career and stuff. And I don't want to say, or I don't want to ask you what your plan is for the next five years, because even though you are a, <laughs> a planner, <laughs> a planner, things can, you know, change, swerve. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you want in your life career-wise right now at this point? Right now at this point, even though you told me not to plan, I've already planned like at least six <laughs> months ahead. Um, after he's, he's going to Korea <laughs> soon. After uh, I graduate, I was actually planning on moving to Vegas because I want to be. Why didn't tell me? Well, I kind of like didn't really tell a lot of people because yeah, I just do things. You know, like people don't. I, yeah. I don't have time to like tell everyone. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, but yeah, like I was just. I wanted to move to Vegas because I wanted to step foot into the entertainment management industry of Vegas. So what type of entertainment are you thinking about? Because there's a lot. There is a lot. And I was thinking of, um, I really want to work with like drag queens. Mm-hmm. I think they're so eccentric and fun and like... It's very your Yeah, thing. like colorful, upbeat, like, you know, like all of that. And mm-hmm. I really like that. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of inspiration from drag queen performances in Vanity Black. Mm-hmm. Little but little do people know, like I get a lot of inspiration from drag queens because they're such like iconic people who set really amazing standards for how entertainment should be. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, like that is something I really want to dive into. What about like um cuz you know, there are drag queens here in the DC area too. Mm-hmm. So would you want to just after graduation, hop on a plane and go to Vegas? Or would you maybe want to start a little small here first? Well, I think my little small was Vanity (laughs) Black, you know? And, uh, yeah, there are drag queens in D.C., but I want to be thrown straight to the fire. Like, that's just who I am. I like, I want to... You like the quick, mm -hmm. like, pace thing. Yeah, I like very fast-paced, like, learning opportunities. Because I pick up on things very fast. Mm -hmm. And I adapt to things very fast. And I also think, I think we all go through this in our 20s is that we want to move away you know we want to find ourselves somewhere we want to like (laughs) discover new places new people new experiences and i think going across the country into something that i really enjoy Mm -hmm. in a condensed compact area Mm -hmm. like vegas is all about entertainment and like living life to the fullest you know what i mean yeah and so me throwing myself into something so compact and dense i think would be a very fun experience Wow. Like, even if I don't succeed in it, at least I can tell myself, hey, at least I tried. Yeah. And it was fun. Yeah. Like, that experience, though. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I can't wait to see you in Vegas. <laughs> if you do, go. I'll give you a ticket. I'll be like, Thank come to my you. show. Yes, of course. You'll let me see your talents. Yes. Meet your talents. Meet all my performers. Yeah. While you're managing my podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, thank you so much for coming on. I am so glad we got to do this before you left for Korea. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for our future collaborations. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to follow David and his dance group, you can follow them on Instagram. David's handle is David Ozitty, that is D-A-V-I-D-O-Z-I-T-Y. And Vanity Black is at Vanity Black Official. That is it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening on today's episode on the Hello 20s podcast. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Y-U-A-N-X-Q-I-U. I hope to see you there and I'll talk to you guys on my next episode.